Yo, what is going on, guys? This is FBL Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Will. And Oz. And we're here to talk about game week 36. But before that, we're going to cover game week 34 and 35 real quick. So to start off, check us out on Twitter at FBL Talk Podcast. Check out our website, FBLTalk.com. Support us on Patreon, PayPal. Check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate, like, review, subscribe. All right, so let's get started. And I guess we'll start with game week 34. Yeah. So double game week 34. Honestly, it was probably one of the most disappointing double game weeks I've seen in Premier League or FPL, I should say, because there wasn't really that much of a like huge return in terms of in terms of points. If you triple captain Kane or you triple captain Salah or triple captain anyone, it wasn't really going to do anything. So bench boost helped a lot of people. It kind of moved everyone, like the whole FPL population together, but it pushed all the kind of I guess ghost teams or. AFK teams or whatever you want to call them. Reported. Just like further down. So there's a huge gap in the middle. Yeah, and there were a lot of weird results in, the, in, in that double game week. I mean, we saw Newcastle beat Arsenal. West Brom and Manchester United. Manchester United losing uh, three points there. Uh, Southampton and Chelsea. I guess that was a pretty close game, although Chelsea did manage to come back from a two-goal deficit. Yeah, and Wenger announces uh, resignation. Not so, yet, not yet. End of the season. He announced it. That he was going to be done at the end of the season. So that's huge news for all the Arsenal fans, uh, including myself. I mean, I just don't want this guy to torture Arsenal even more. And he's he's done really good for the club. He's been there forever. But I think probably five years ago is when he should have just stopped. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of sad for me because, like, you know, at the same time, I kind of understand where, like, a lot of the Arsenal fans are coming from. That he hasn't been performing the results, hasn't been getting a lot of trophies. But at the same time, this is, like, a really legendary manager. I mean, he's... He's the manager that's managed the most games in the Premier League ever, you know, above Sir Alex Ferguson even. Yeah, I mean, look at his pictures from when he first started managing Arsenal and then look at him right now. It's just <laughs> three generations of Wenger. So, yeah, other fixtures in the double game week. I mean, Spurs got their asses handed to them by City. Uh, nothing new there. I think you mentioned Liverpool just dominated Bournemouth and Man U losing to West Brom. So, game week 35, which just ended earlier today, actually. Only had six fixtures. I can't believe Liverpool tied West Brom. It seems like West Brom could have like a big chance at avoiding relegation at this point. Yeah, and it was it was the same old familiar picture, just set pieces. Liverpool conceding from set pieces at the very end of the game against West Brom, who's uh, you know pretty much relegated at this point. And, surprise, surprise. You know, I guess kudos for them to come back, but it's kind of too late for them. Yeah, and Ings scoring after not scoring for how long? Three years almost. Yeah, I think it was almost three years. He had two, pretty much two seasons where he was just out with injuries towards ACL, I think, and he had another uh, issue with his like ankle or knee ligaments. So he was out for a while. Yeah, so they start him and he scores the first goal of the game. I was pretty surprised. I was like, Jesus Christ! And you brought him in. I was yeah, like, How yeah. the fuck? I mean, there's no way he could have known he was going to start. Yeah, well, I, I guess we can cover that in the next session. Or, but my thinking behind that was, you know, I kind of had a feeling Firmino wasn't going to start. And a couple of sources on Twitter sort of confirmed that um, before the game. So I figured if I'm on my uh, on my uh, free hit, I might as well bring some differentials in. That's pretty sneaky. And uh, yeah, I brought in Ings. Point five percent brought him in. So <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean, if I deep differential, when I saw him on your team, I probably thought, oh, he probably brought him in because he doesn't. He just needs to bring anyone in because he's like maxed out on his money, and he fucking scores. You did so well this week, but. Yeah, we'll cover that later. Uh, as for Arsenal and West Ham, I just feel so bad for Arnautovic. 
I really do. I mean, Arsenal didn't really play amazing up until they scored like three goals in like, what, 10, 15 minutes or something towards the end of the game. But West Ham was pressuring a lot. Yeah, they were they were in that game until like the 70th minute. Yeah, and poor Hart, man. Like he was just, the defense is just not doing their job. I mean, West Ham defense isn't really known to be the best defense ever, but I just felt so bad for him. There was one like cross or like shot. I think it was um, from Ramsey. Yeah, he had a couple of good saves in that game. Just absolute world-class saves. But like his his defender was going to go for a header and then last minute ducked. I forgot who it was from West Ham. He was Burke. His name's Burke. Yeah, and he just ducks. And then the cross from Arsenal just goes into the goal like unintended. And Hart is just like, what the fuck, man? So that's really sad on his end. Uh, Stoke almost beat Burnley and then Burnley tied. So Stoke is just probably going to get relegated at this point. Like even higher chance for Stoke to get relegated than West Brom. Uh, even Southampton, I think they're level on points with twenty nine, but they're four points behind, so they need at least two games to to uh, make it out. I mean, there's still time, but uh, seems unlikely at this point. Yeah, and uh, the Crystal Palace that played Watford was not the same Crystal Palace we saw in the double game week. They were really pressuring. Zaha had a really nice like bullet header. He, had from, a, he almost had a penalty kick awarded to him as well. Right, but he, he got a yellow card yellow instead. Card for diving, so. uh, I don't think that was like diving necessarily. No, no, it was it just a bad call from the ref, yeah. and I felt so bad for Zaha. But, but uh, yeah, he yeah. has a reputation for diving, so I think that's, that's one probably of the why. why. Yeah, yeah. Milivojevic almost scored. Um, I think he had a free kick that hit the post. That was amazing. I don't know how that guy does it, but that's probably why he's on set pieces for Crystal Palace. Uh, anyway, Crystal Palace played Watford, and Watford pretty much dominated the whole game. Swansea got smashed by City. Everyone probably was watching that game. And Although Fabianski did get a huge return. He got nine points. It's like he got a clean sheet and got bonus points. It's probably because he saved that PK. He got a touch on it, so it's considered as saved. Obviously, he didn't go in, but Bernardo Silva followed up with that. And even though Jesus missed that uh, PK, he got an assist. So it's like minus two points plus three points. So he ended up getting one point from taking that PK. I'm sorry, what? But yeah, Fabianski, that's, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like at, They lost 5-0, and he still got nine points. Well, I mean, he's like consistently one of the best performers in, in, in goalkeeping. Right, yeah. So he, he I gets tons of saves. Switched tons him of out bonus. for Michael. I was I so regretted that, but there's no way anyone can predict it. So I'm not really yeah. doing myself. The thing I like about Fabianski is that like it doesn't matter who he's playing against or how shitty his team does. Like he's always going to pick up points. Yeah, that's why I brought him in. But then I took him out because double game weeks. But I'm probably gonna. <laughs> I hate transferring keepers. I don't know why I transferred Michael. I was just so desperate to, I guess, get points from. Leicester, but Leicester is playing like shit. They can't, they have their chances. Mares' finishing is terrible, actually, the last like three, four games. Vardy is still on point. He's receiving all the crosses. He's volleying. He's doing everything he can to score. He's hitting like posts and missing just by like a small margin. So I think I might just transfer Mares out. Probably already did, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I took him out for Goodmanson. And Brighton Sterling, so I took a hit. I think I should not just not take hits anymore. What do you think? Are hits going to affect you a lot at this point in the league? Uh, I mean, it, it sort of depends where you are. If you're looking to make up ground to people that are higher above in your league, then I think it's probably worth it at this point. But if you're already in a stable position at the top, it's probably not worth it to take to risk it taking too many hits. Yeah, I mean, I... My logic behind this was I brought in Sterling because I wanted to captain him because I knew everyone was going to captain Salah. So that was going to be my differential. And I actually did way better than everyone else who captained Salah. 
in terms of the captaincy points. But Sterling got taken off at 71 minutes, and if he was left on for 20 more minutes, I think he could have got at least an assist and another goal. Everton and Newcastle. Everton with a win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool story. I mean, Theo Walcott had that finish into the top of the net, but I was honestly expecting Newcastle to kind of pull some strings and maybe tie, like, 1-1 draw, if anything, but good for Everton. You got that clean sheet from Baines, and that yeah, I did bring in Baines with uh, my free hit, and uh, yeah, I did manage to get the clean sheet. So it's very uh, happy with that. Didn't really think that they were capable of. <laughs> yeah, we were talking sheet. about it before the game, and you're uh, like, "Oh, I'm yeah, not going to yeah, get any points." But yeah, well, I mean, anyway. against Newcastle, who's you know on great form, um, but I guess they just didn't have enough to to put one past Everton. So yeah. Everton at home. So I think that was a really positive result for me. But I think one player we forgot to mention was Lacazette. Scored two goals. Yeah, it's return that no one expected. Yeah, I, I was expecting Obama Young to start that game, but uh, yeah, I guess it, Wenger likes to... Uh, He's going to still play his shitty formations and substitutions until he leaves. Like, Don't expect that, even though he like announces resignation, that the team's going to get better all of a sudden. No, Wenger's still there. He has, what, I think Arsenal has four more games left. And that De Bruyne shot... That was just, just one of his rockets, one of like De Bruyne's typical rockets. He just like takes from way outside the 18 and it just like goes straight into the corner. Definitely goal of the week. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Zaha's header and like maybe some other like maybe even Carroll's like crucial volley that he had that tied, but no way. Like I saw, I saw KDB's goal and I was like, this blows everything else. Like there's no competition. So definitely goal of the game week, Kevin De Bruyne. So we're going to take a break here in a little bit. But before that, real quick, we just want to talk about the team's last, like, three, four game week status. So, like, who's, like, on par with who. And I kind of we just started doing this in the show. So all you need to know is that uh, Arsenal, uh, Burnley, Chelsea, they're on great form. Uh, as well as Manchester City, uh, four games with uh, wins. You sound like Obama. And uh, what you got? Oh, and, um, oh fuck! I Thank can't you. Do it. Thank yeah. you very much. That's you just switch it to Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so who's who's doing shit pretty much? Well, right now, other than West Brom and Stoke and all those. Well, definitely Watford. Uh, they're not doing too well. They've they've lost uh, last uh, four games out of five. Uh, Swansea City. Uh, a couple draws and a few losses. West Ham United, just uh, not a lot of great results all around the board. Leicester City, <laughs> Huddersfield, Everton, Crystal Palace. Uh, you know, they're, they're uh, all just... I'm going to do that again. <laughs> and for shitty teams, all you need to know is that Leicester is just as bad as Southampton at this point. And Stoke, Swansea, Watford... They're probably doing better than Leicester. So Leicester's going to be a huge risk for who to bring in for double game week 37. So maybe you want to think about that. They have good fixtures, but just keep it in the back of your head that Leicester is doing just as good as West Ham and Watford. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back to talk about our teams. Alright, so we're back to talk about our teams. You want to go first? No, you should go first. Alright, so I played my free hit, 
and uh, it was a great time for me to get a lot of differentials. Yeah, that was a great move. We talked about how jealous I was, and I kind of still am, because you pretty much got double my score just because of that free hit. Yeah, yeah, and I brought uh, Ings, and I think Butlin was pretty much a pretty Is solid... Is uh, Ings with a question mark? Ings? Yeah, and he scores, and you get six points from him. Yeah, it's just a brilliant start to the, the week. Uh, I captain Salah for 14 points, and then I brought in, brought in the City Boys, Sterling, De Bruyne, and Jesus. I think they all uh, scored. So, they all went uh, ham that game. Yeah, just really great. That's a huge chunk of your points. That's yeah, like yeah, definitely. Uh, 26 points. Mm-hmm. And defensive-wise, this, this is sort of the area that I really lacked. Um, Butland scored five points f- for me, so that was okay. But Bellerin and Milner, I think, were really disappointing. And, and Zaha in midfield was kind of a disappointment as well. Could have had a penalty kick. It's Milvojevic, um, man. He got three points. Yeah. That's so, one more than Zaha. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. And actually, Tompkins that I had on my bench, he uh, picked up the clean sheet there, so I kind of regret not. Yeah, uh, Tompkins actually recently has been doing really well. Like, just as good as Milvojevic and Zaha, if not better, in terms of points. But yeah, in total, I had uh, 68 points, so that pretty much, uh, as we'll see later on in the podcast, that uh, caught me up in the league quite a bit. Yeah, I captained Sterling. That was my main strategy. It was like going to be a differential. And I got 22 points. I think Sterling was on the dream team. If only he wasn't taken off so early, I think he would have just got me way more points, and I think I would have been saved. I ended up with 38 points total. That's not a lot at all. I only had 1, 2, 3, 4. Four, five, six players that were fielded because everyone else just didn't play that game week. And I couldn't take it. I didn't have any free hits or any wild cards. So, yeah, I just got points from Sterling and Salah pretty much. So, yeah, that puts me at, I think, 66K. And that's a red arrow. Same with you, right? You got a red arrow too, even though you got like 68 points? No, I actually got a green arrow. And I'm actually first in the league now, now that you mention it. But, uh, yeah, I had a hefty... uh... Green Arrow. You're that, almost at top 10K, man. Yeah, yeah it, uh, I think I before the game week started, I was at like top 40K or so. So, yeah, really strong uh, free hit there. So, yeah, that free really, hit. Yeah, really nice. holy shit. Those City players, man. Yeah, so we saw that uh, Guardiola played a lot of the like non, not really like main players. And he switched out. He subbed like a lot of the main guys and like got the guys in. that Actually, there was a guy that I've never seen play before. I think he was, that's who came in for Sterling. But anyway, he's giving more time to the, I guess, not main players and the players who usually are on the bench mostly. And that's completely understandable because they need the experience. They've already secured the the league title. So there's no point for Guardiola to really just field all of his players. Plus Aguero's out for ne- till next season, I think. Yeah, so that means Jesus, I think, is pretty much a really good option. Uh, he's pretty much the lone striker. He's just doing really well, too. Except for that PK miss. I mean, that was a really good kick, but the keeper was just even better. And his his final goal, that fifth goal in that, that game, they played against uh, Swansea. That was a great header. It was almost like a diver. Or it kind of reminded me of Van Persie's one. Van Persie with an early run. He's onside this time. It's 1-1. That World Cup goal was just amazing. Yeah, Leroy Sané, he was actually rested. He's, I think, voted the PFA Young Player of the Year. Who actually, I think, won it in the previous season. But Sterling and, and Sané have just been both oh, phenomenal yeah. this season. Sterling especially. But yeah, you're you're right. Um, City's really really trying to bring in some of the players that they don't typically get as much playtime. Like players like Ayo Ture. I think people were really happy to see him on the field for yeah, a long time. Yeah, he's, he's a classic. A lot of people, like when he gets on, they're just like going nuts for some reason. 
And then you mentioned that player that uh, wasn't really no Phil Fodden. He's actually like really highly rated, just really at the youth level. How old is he? He's only seventeen. So wow, yeah. So that's yeah. a huge like burst of experience. Yeah, it's a boost for him to be able to play at that level. But yeah, I think we should see more of that uh, as the season ends. I think City pretty much have the. I mean, the league's already won for them, so um, they can do whatever they want at this point. Yeah. So what about the upcoming fixtures for game week thirty six? Well, I think after uh, Liverpool play uh, in the Champions League tomorrow, they'll head over to Stoke at home. So that should be a pretty good good uh, win for them. Yeah, and hopefully Salah doesn't pick up any injuries because he needs to beat that record. I think he's tied at this point with Cristiano and Suarez. And... Yeah, he's tied for the yeah he's tied for the record for um, thirty eight games, uh, thirty one goals. He's he has the record for for most goals, tied with Cristiano Ronaldo, Luis Suarez, and I think. Um, Alan Shearer as well. Yeah. The overall record is actually 34 by Andy Cole and uh, Alan Shearer. So yeah, I think he can, he can definitely beat that. Yeah, I think Liverpool has, what, three games left? So I think that's plenty of time for him to do it. And honestly, at this point, there's no way Kane can catch up. But we say that. No, you Kane know, no. Could... Kane def- has a double game week in yeah. 37, so it's, it's definitely possible. I mean, the double game week doesn't matter. We've seen him score. Four games. Yeah, but I mean, we've we've seen him score two consecutive hat-tricks already this season. Yeah, so, so that could be the big game changer, and that could put a lot of pressure on Salah. Mohamed Salah? But, you know, Salah is actually PFA young pl- or PFA player of the year this year, so um, yeah, he's, he's won that. Yeah, he already got it, so congrats to Salah. Just a matter of question of whether he can win the golden boot. Yeah, so Liverpool playing Stoke, that's probably going to be the only like really bad fixture for Stoke till the end of the season. I mean, they're playing teams like their caliber, like Crystal Palace and Swansea till the end of the season, but all they have to do is get over that Liverpool hurdle. And they might even be able to tie if they just like play a really good defense and just kind of lock down on Salah or Yeah, I think if you're Stoke at that point, it's just to sit back and hope for the tie because, you know, with uh, Crystal Palace and Swansea coming up, those are two teams that you would probably say are still in the relegation fight. Um, so if they win against those two teams, then you know I think at that point they'll be able to save themselves. Yeah, and if only Crouch had like some sort of speed on him, like he wasn't just like all height, they could just have him in front and he could just like they could send him really long balls and he could just receive them, no contest in the air, and just like kind of score for Stoke, and that's maybe their only chance to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, players are really playing for um, their wages, their salary. You know, they're going to get a huge pay cut if they if they go down. So, I think uh, there's really more at stake for Stoke than there is for Liverpool at this point. You know, Liverpool. I think their focus now is in Champions League. Um, so, you know, I think even though it's at home, I think it'll be a difficult fixture for uh, for Liverpool as well. Yeah, and uh, another big standout fixture is Man U versus Arsenal. They're playing on Sunday, and I just really want to see what Arsenal can actually do. I think because they're playing a really good team, they might just play really well against Man U and maybe tie it. But I can also see Man U just crushing Arsenal, especially like the way they've been playing with defense. My only concern is maybe they're a little unorganized at the top, like with Lukaku. They're still trying to figure out what to do. And Pogba's been really selfish in the last like few game weeks. I think he just like really wants to score, kind of wants to stand out before the season ends. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, for Arsenal, you know, it's quite clear that their focus now is Europa League. Um, that being said, though, I think the the mood in the previous game was uh, it was really different because I think a lot of Arsenal fans this this season have kind of been disappointed, but now there's sort of hope that you know they can sort of look forward to the future and sort of send off Wenger for 
you know, the kind of dedication that he, he put in for such a long time. So I think it'd be a really good uh, reaction if, if Arsenal would go on to win that game. But I think it'll be difficult with the way that they've play, been playing so far. Yeah. And Especially Manchester United are just def- too strong defensively. Man City's playing West Ham. They're going to beat the shit out of them. So there's not honestly much we can add to that. I don't know what happened to Aguero. He's out for the rest of the season. He was supposed to come back like when Kane came back. But I think it's just escalated. Maybe in training he got injured more and he's just, he's done. What do you think Southampton is going to do against Bournemouth? Well, Southampton's on uh, limited time now, same as Stoke. And I think this is really one of the few games that they can actually possibly win. Um, so really difficult fixtures for them towards the end of the season. And if they're going to get uh, three points, I think this is really the fixture that they have to go for. Yeah, they're fucked. Honestly, the teams that just have shitty fixtures up until the season ends is going to be Brighton. After they play Burnley this coming game week, it's just going to be really bad for Brighton. And it's going to be bad for Huddersfield starting now and West Ham. It's just like guaranteed that they probably won't win any of those games. Yeah, so for Southampton, I, I feel like uh, it's going to be a difficult end of, end of the season for them. They play Bournemouth and I think Swansea yet to go as well. So I think that those are two great fixtures for them to pick up points and possibly save uh, their Premier League season. No way, Jose. Um, but after that, I mean, they play they play Man City. Yeah, their last game is City, so rest in peace. So the teams that have good fixtures till the end of the season, it's just like on the FPL app at least, uh, even though it shows white, a lot of these are based on like previous losses or ties to these like shitty teams that the top table teams have played. So Everton has just a green light till the end. City does too, so stack up on their players. The only risk with that is the rotation because now that they've won, they don't really need to field their best players. And same goes for Man U after they play Arsenal. It's just good fixtures till the end. And Spurs. So just put that into consideration when you're planning on because you only have like four games for most of these teams, uh, especially if they have a double game week, and then the season is going to be over. So any transfers you make now are going to be really crucial. So what sort of transfers are you thinking of doing? I'm considering a Swansea players, considering Arsenal, trying to switch around the Spurs players. I know Leicester has a double game week, but I think one of the games is going to be good for them. One of the games is going to be tough. So I don't know about bringing back Mares or trying to bring in any of the lesser defenders. Probably going to keep Schmeichel because I don't have a choice at this point. It's going to be a waste of... I'll probably take a hit if I try to transfer Schmeichel out for Fabianski or anyone else. Because, yeah, Swansea has has a double game week, so I might try to bring in another City player, but I really do not want to take hits anymore. I mean, I don't know if I can catch up to you at this point. I still can. It, I think you can. It all yeah. depends on the triple you're captain. Not, you're not that far behind, no, like the, only 20 points. Yeah, or the triple like captain is going to make a huge difference, but... Where you are in the world in terms of rank, like it's just 20 points between you and I, but you're top 15K and I'm top 66K. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's nuts. So that 20 points made a huge... Actually, that negative four that I took made a huge difference. So yeah, I'm probably going to transfer out as many Burnley players as I can after game week 36 because it's not really looking good for them. Or maybe I just bench them. I don't have to worry about a bench boost anymore. Yeah, I mean, they have a great fixture coming up against uh, Brighton. So I think that's a great home fixture for them. Yeah, but Brighton has uh, Gross Gross, and Murray. So I I think that'll be a really close game. For me, uh, Alonso is actually banned for a few fixtures. Right, so I was actually thinking of taking him out, but that's going to cost a transfer. That's the only problem. 
So I'm probably just going to bench him until Chelsea comes back and because Chelsea's been like Chelsea won the last two games. Yeah, for once, like but, barely. Yeah, I think the issue for me with Alonso is that he's banned for the next two fixtures. So he obviously missed the first fixture. He was banned for a total of three. Um, so that means he's going to miss game week 36 and then the first first game of game week 37. So for me, I, I'm looking at double game week players and Alonso's tying up a lot of value. Um, so what I'm thinking of doing is downgrading Alonso to a cheap cheaper defender, maybe someone like Vertonghen. Or I could go even cheaper and then maybe somewhere after game week 36 I can upgrade yeah, Vertonghen is actually not a bad idea because he's the most reliable like Spurs defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in the team of the season as well. So yeah. they have great fixtures. I could possibly downgrade to someone like Davies and then bring in um, Jesus. You know, both players have double game weeks, so that might make a little more sense. Oh yeah, you use your free hit. I thought you had all. Yeah, these, like, yeah. So city since players. I use my free hit, I have my original team back now, and a lot of them play. Uh, you know, a lot of them are from from Manchester United. I have the the trio: Lingard, Smalling, and De Gea. Not too really keen on Lingard, but at this point, they're. I, I don't know. Lingard is doing really well. Even last game, like the reason they score is because of Lingard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just uh, looking for bigger point returns. Not too really keen on Willian. I mean, his stats are are one thing, but uh, his end results. Right. Just it's another. just yeah. Chelsea is. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I hate the fact that Murata's on that team even. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I mean, with Alonso, I, I think I think that sort of leaves me the the option of, of downgrading and then upgrading Vardy to Jesus, which is a player that I do want to get in for right, the yeah. double game. Yeah, because I think Jesus is going to get a lot of time now that Yeah, Guerrero's he's a nailed on and... start, starter. So yeah. I think between him and Sterling, they're going to get probably the most game time uh, in terms of offense. Maybe not Sterling. Maybe David Silva and De Bruyne more. Yeah, maybe Sterling might get rotated with uh, Sané and uh, Bernardo Silva. But for me, Jesus is definitely the preferred option for Man City. So who are you going to captain this game week? Uh, you know, with Salah, it's it's difficult because, you know, Liverpool have Roma playing next. And I think um, against Stoke, I think Jurgen will probably put out a strong team regardless. And I think with Salah trying to beat so many records, he'll still start those games. But, you know, I think we saw in the last picture that, uh, that he's definitely looking to take those players off as soon as possible. So right. I think I think Salah, players like Salah, Mane, Firmino, the big trio at Liverpool, their time's going to be really limited. Um, so that sort of does question, you know, if I should really captain Salah. I think it's the safest option to do so because a lot of people are going to captain him. But at the same time, Harry Kane also plays Watford and he's vying for... Right, he's trying to well. get those goals, yeah. So I think that'd be a great option for me. Yeah, either, either Vardy... Or Kane for me, honestly, I wouldn't captain Salah, just because everyone else is probably going to captain him. I want a differential. I'm looking; it's towards the end of the season, and I'm looking for like a huge difference in points. So, I got just want to believe in Kane. Yeah, it's at home. Wofford are weak defensively, um, so I think it really sets up Kane nicely to perform well in that that game week 36. Salah, though, you know, it doesn't matter how many how many minutes that he plays. He's I think there was a game where he was on for only 13 minutes and he scored two goals, and it was the highest game week total in the in the game week but i mean so far we haven't really seen much from kane if you want those points you gotta take risks so yeah let's go over clean sheets who are your picks for this game week i want to say liverpool because stoke doesn't really have that much they're gonna try to get as many points as they want they're not gonna win so maybe they can stop liverpool from getting a clean sheet maybe a shakiri free kick so i'm not counting on that but what it looks like you know, it used to be Chelsea. Chelsea used to have, like, a really strong defense. And, like, you'd always – that's your go-to for, like, clean sheets. But 
this game week is going to be hard. I think Spurs maybe is like the only option I see for clean sheets. Yeah, I think that's the most obvious choice, Spurs against Watford. Yeah, all the other teams just seem like they're going to let in goals. Like, West Brom is probably going to let in a goal. They're probably going to – they could tie 0-0 with Newcastle. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Same, actually, exact result for Everton, but not Leicester and Crystal Palace. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in that game, uh, especially probably more from Crystal Palace. Brighton probably can't keep a clean sheet against all the tall, like, Burnley defenders that just go in for the headers and score. But Burnley, I don't know what they can do against Gross and Murray. There's not really uh, too many obvious options in this game week. So, yeah, I mean, probably for me, if I were to go for a risky one, maybe Manchester United at Arsenal. Arsenal side that, again, is prioritizing Europa League. Yeah, I think Man U is like going to score for sure that game. But I'm not sure about Arsenal. Yeah, anything else you want to add before we take uh, another break? No, that's it for me. Okay, so we'll be back in a sec. Alright, so we're back to talk about the league. Yeah, let's do it. So, you took first place. I did. High five. I did. Hell yeah. Nice. So, that... Oh, I didn't move. I'm still at third place. That puts Wijnaldum Leviosa in second place. Studley United down to fifth. Spartans, who actually also uses free hit, is in fourth place now. And I wonder if he can catch up to the top three. Gregory United fell down to sixth because I think Spartans just pushed those two guys down. Last place is Man City World... There's like no point of talking about the bottom table because we know everyone's just a ghost team at this point. Uh, Benteke Fried Chicken, I guess that's like worth talking about. He went up to 14th place. I'm really curious what place he's going to finish this season. Manolo Franklin down to 11th. Sky Blues up to 12th. He dropped quite a bit, but now he's recovering. Elzami 99, top 10. Show me the Mane in 9th. IDFC and Clop for the Cop have not moved. So he ended up with 68 points like we mentioned earlier. Spartans ended up with 56, so whoever used the free hit got a shit ton of points. I didn't. I got 38. I mean, Wijnaldum and Leviosa got 48, so that's not bad. It's almost as close as Spartans. Studley United, only 26 points. That hurt him a lot because it's like a 90-point gap between you and him at this point. So Yeah, and for someone that... Uh... Really was in first for so long. I think it's like 20 game weeks or something crazy like that. Yeah, I think he just got really unlucky on that Salah captaincy. I think that he didn't do. And he just like dropped a lot of points. Season season defining moment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it looks like a really close race at the top. Uh, myself and Wijnaldum Leviosa's just a one point gap. And then below that, you and uh, Actually, I'm really far. I thought I was closer. You said it was like 20 points. It's more like... 60 points. <laughs> yeah, this game week made a really big difference for you. But hey, you still have uh, one more chip left? Triple captaincy? Yeah, I think a lot of people do at this point, and they're going to save it for the double game week, because why not? I think the game week winner for game week 35 was you. So yeah, it's just a really season-defining moment for me, too. Yeah, I think you're well, probably, think. actually, after that, you're probably the highest, or the manager with the most game week wins so far oh really in total yeah wow yeah wow. especially with like two i, in a I row. didn't think that was i felt like uh there were so many other managers that uh scored more points than me it seemed like there was a different manager every week so i, I figured that uh you know overall you know I, I might have been sort of in the middle no actually it was four managers that were tied it was me you and wynaldon leviosa the top actually that's not that's not right so actually the game week wins title so far used to be between three people i think it was you myself and idfc 
and we we all had four game week wins. And after the last two game weeks, I think you're up to six. So you're way ahead of everyone. Wow. But we still have four game weeks. So yeah, anything to see what happen. happens. Anything yeah, so happen we, we can uh... keep you at six. The the thing I hate the most is when the ghost teams kind of win a game week, and you know, it's like a big cock block. Ah! So I, like I think that. all we need, actually, since there's four game week wins, whoever's close to you has to win three to just like win game week wins for the rest of the season. Otherwise, if you win one more, that's it. You secure it, kind of like Man City. So we'll see what happens next game week and then double game week after that. Wait, technically, there's four games, but technically there's only three game weeks. Yeah. So that means whoever is not winning it right now has to win all three to beat you. So, yeah, it seems pretty unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there is also a win product that we, uh, I guess, keep in mind, which is like total number of points times the number of times you've won. So maybe if they do get ahead of you in points by the end of the season and you multiply it by how many times, a lot of fun math. We'll explain it on the website. If you're curious, send us an email, ask us about it. You know, what's a win product? But anyway, it's time for the Dream Team, and let's talk about the Dream Team for the Double Game Week. You want to start off? Yeah, so the double game week, uh, total points was 142. I think that's one of the highest in the, in the, in the league so far. I yeah, mean, I mean, that's probably a really good bench boost or a really good triple captain. But uh, yeah, a lot of really interesting uh, mentions here. We have Giroud and Perez up top, as well as Zaha, Goodmanson, Esquerdo. Fuck. Esquerdo. I think it's like Spanish for left or something. Goodmanson, Esquerdo, Gross, and then Smalling, Moses, Bednarak. Never heard of that player. Yeah, I mean... I'm assuming he's one of the, like the probably like one of the weak fullbacks that play for Southampton. Probably the reserve. And Trent Alexander Arnold, he had a really good game. I think that was against Bournemouth. Just had a crazy cross to Salah. Yeah, I think if you wanted like a insane differential, you would have triple captain Smalling or something because he had 16 points. But I think the bench boost, if you had the dream team for your bench boost, it's actually really doable. I think that's who probably got like 114. I mean, it doesn't show us who the bench. Dream Team players were. But game week 35, we had Hennessy in goal, Danilo, Monreal, Sacco in defense, and then Ramsey, Bernardo Silva, Sterling, David Silva. I think this is the second time the Silvas both make the Dream Team. It's really dominated by City players. Yeah, actually four four City players are in, in the Dream Team. And then we have two West Brown players, which is a surprise, Livermore and Rondon, and then Lacazette. So that's Dream Team. We're not going to have any crazy predictions this week. So that, that means we're done. Yeah, I guess that's it for the podcast this week. Uh, we're going to be back next week to record um, Double Game Week 37, probably 38 at the same time. So that'll be the last episode for probably not forever. We're still considering next season. But there's going to be a postseason episode. That's where we're going to announce the prizes and winners and everything. And it'll be relatively short compared to all the other episodes. But don't forget to check us out on Twitter at FPL Talk Podcast. Check out our website at FPLTalk.com. Support us on Patreon, PayPal. Check out our iTunes and SoundCloud. Like, rate, review, subscribe. We'll be here next week. Until then. We'll see you guys later. Michelle. (laughs) That's not bad. (laughs) Bring me that cocktail.